Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Please help me welcome my guest, Bill Wees. Bill Wees, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks, Isaiah. What an honor to be with you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm so excited to have you back. You know, the last time you were on, we're still getting testimonies back of people that got healed, people that got delivered, people that got saved. And I just know that right now is the time for us to just preach on social media, to reach the world. Even us talking about tonight, the fear of the Lord. I was thinking, Bill, this is one thing that is not talked about in the American church, the fear of the Lord, the consequences of sin. I mean, there's almost a thousand people watching. If you were to ask, when's the last time in your church you heard a message on the fear of the Lord or the consequences of sin? Very few people in the church right now are talking about it. And it seems like to me, America has lost this concept of the fear of the Lord. The church has lost the fear of the Lord. Our generation has lost this idea that there are not just consequences for your sin, but we're serving a holy God. This is not a casual God. This is not a common God. Our God is a holy God. He is one that should be feared. He's one that should be revered. He's one that should be honored. And I think we're in a place right now where, and I'll turn it over here in a second, but we just treat God so common in the church. We treat God so casual in the church. And I think we wonder why does the world treat God so casual? Why is the world so calloused when it comes to the things of God? but it starts in the house of God. If we're treating God casually, if we're treating God commonplace, then I think it's just going to happen where the world treats him. And so I believe that this starts in the church. I think if you look at the laws of America, the perversion, the anger people have towards God, the hostility towards God, this is all a lack of the fear of God. And I believe tonight we're blowing the trumpet. We're calling the church. We're calling you guys back to the fear of the Lord. I really believe, Bill, tonight God is going to give people the fear of the Lord. This is a treasure. This is a gift from God. And I believe tonight is that night that we're going to talk about this we're going to impart this and i think that god's going to do something powerful when we as we talk about the fear of the lord tonight absolutely i agree with you totally you know it it is a lack of the fear of the lord uh it's not taught much in the church and i believe it's there's a compromise now on the word of god in so many areas because of this lack of the fear of the lord you know and i think a lot is taught of God's grace and love, which needs to be taught. But also we need to hear about his, the fear that he's a God of justice and judgment and to walk in holiness and to avoid sin and so forth. Like you said, he's a holy God. And I think there is a lack of that taught because of society is embraced every kind of wicked belief and false doctrine and everything else. So there's a, the compromise uh, in the world creeps into the church mm. so that the church becomes more supposedly tolerant and uh some of the things that, that are the fear of the lord are things like hey there is an eternal hell and that's not taught so that's downplayed and softened or there's a belief in universalism that says that everybody gets saved or annihilationism a teaching that says that uh you know you simply cease to exist if you deny jesus it's all softening the word of god the fire is not real it's metaphorical in hell or uh, many other beliefs that are compromised. So I think the fear of the Lord really needs to be taught and embraced. And we're going to, I want to talk about a little bit about yeah. what the fear of the Lord is. Awesome. You know, people don't even know what it is really. And, uh, you know, like tolerance has become the high moral ground instead of truth and truth. Jesus is the truth. And so we need to hear what he says and what the word of God uh, instructs us to do. But basically the fear of the Lord is this, Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy 17 said, the fear of the Lord is to read his word daily and to obey his word daily. 
Uh, Proverbs 8, 13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. We're supposed to hate what God hates. Uh, Proverbs 16, 6 says, the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil, to not associate with it, to get away from it. Um, the fear of the Lord is, uh, Psalms 55, 19 says, the fear of the Lord is to, um, uh, it's, uh, it's to, um, I'd say what I, I had that scripture in my head, but anyway, it's uh, the fear of the Lord is uh, when you have changes. That's what it was. I, I just slipped my mind there. You know, people are not willing to change. And, you know, if we receive instruction, we, we will change. And so the part of the fear of the Lord is to change. Part of the fear of the Lord is uh, Deuteronomy 14, 23 says to tithe that you may learn the fear of the Lord. Well, not much of the church even bothers the tithe. They think it's just Old Testament and it's not for today. Yet it is for today. Uh, the fear of the Lord is to praise the Lord, Psalms 22, 23. And not many people take the time to really praise him. And also Psalms 19, 7 says the fear of the Lord is to live a morally clean life. And so these are things that show that we fear the Lord. If we're not doing those things, then we really don't fear God. And uh, so I think that is part of it. We need to bring back the fear of the Lord. And there are consequences, like you said, for our sin. And I want to talk about those in a little bit. But the consequences are severe. And people don't realize that, that they think, well, I'm under grace, you know. And yes, we are under grace. But grace is not, an, uh, grace is not in a cover-up for sin. It's an empowerment not to sin. You know, mm. Hebrews 12, 28 says, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. So the grace empowers us not to sin. It's not in his strength. It's in God's strength that we can do this. So I think that's really important to get across. But, you know, uh, we, we want to fear God because it pleases him, you know, and he's done so much for us and we don't want to uh, go against his word. So that's the main reason we want to fear God is because we have an awe and a reverence for him. But see, Psalms 3411 says we have to be taught the fear of the Lord. It's not automatic. You have to be taught it. And in that Psalms 34:11, it goes on to say, the fear of the Lord is to, uh, to guard your tongue, to avoid evil, to seek after good and seek peace and pursue it. So that's part of the fear of the Lord. But one more thing, uh, Proverbs 2 says the fear of the Lord, you can't even understand the fear of the Lord unless you seek after the word as uh, silver and gold and so forth, as um, wisdom and knowledge. You go after wisdom and knowledge and treat it like it's fine gold. So if you, you know, if I was to give you a treasure map and it led you to a hundred million dollars, you would dig faithfully. You would follow every possible clue on that map. Well, that's how we're supposed to treat the word of God. We're supposed to dig after it and value it and honor it. And so once you do that, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And see, if you don't understand the fear of the Lord, then you'll walk compromised and you don't realize there's consequences for our actions and there's a law of sowing and reaping. You will reap what you sow. And there's also a law of sin and death. Sin brings forth death. And death doesn't just mean that you simply die one day, but uh, death is also disease can gradually lead to death. So you're inviting your, uh, the opening your hedge up. And Ecclesiastes 10.8 says, whoever breaks a hedge, a serpent will bite. So you're opening up your own hedge when you disobey God's word and you, and you don't walk in the fear of the Lord. So that's why it's so important. But I just want to read you uh, one more thing. I want to read you just quickly, and then we'll go on with something else here. Uh, but here's some of the benefits too, that uh, to fear the Lord. I just want to read you a few verses I've got in front of me. Uh, Psalms 25.14 says, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. God will show you his secret. That's amazing. Psalms 33, 18, the eye of the Lord is upon those that fear him 
You know, you want God's eye on you. Psalms 34, 9, there is no want to those that fear him. Well, you all have wants and desires. Well, he says there's no want to those that fear him. Uh, Psalms 145, 19 says he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. Not only your wants, but your desires will be met. So, uh, Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord is prolonged days. You'll live longer and so forth. And Proverbs 19, 23, he shall not be visited with evil, those that fear the Lord. Well, those are all great things that we can enjoy, but we have to first fear God. That's so good. You know, I was thinking, Bill, um, Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which I think you just talked about. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And I think one of the things that we're lacking in our generation is wisdom. And if you're new in here, you haven't heard us talk about wisdom. Wisdom is simply the application of knowledge. And I think one of the things we lack is that we don't apply what we've heard preached. We are living in a generation with some of the best preaching, some of the best books, some of the best videos. I believe the most seeds of any generation, but I believe with less fruit than any generation. We live in a very complacent, and I'm speaking over my generation, a very entitled and a very lazy generation where we come into even broadcasts like this and we say, we want more knowledge. Give us more teaching on the demonic. Give us more teaching on healing. Give us more teaching on the spiritual realm. Give us more teaching on salvation. And so we get all this teaching, but many people are not applying what they've been taught in scripture. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so one of the things I think we need to touch on tonight is that we can't even begin to apply what we've heard taught if we don't walk in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord literally helps us to apply what we've taught, to apply what's been preached, because you could have all the knowledge in the world, but the knowledge is irrelevant if we don't apply the knowledge. It's like somebody that knows how to get out of debt, but never gets out of debt. Somebody that knows you know, how to do something, but never actually does it. And so many people in the church, I've seen this in the last 10 years, is they know what they should do, but they never actually do it. And so we talk to people and I want to talk to some of you in the chat you've been saved for 30 years you've been saved for 40 years you've been saved for 50 years and you say Isaiah I know I'm supposed to be praying I know I'm supposed to be fasting I know I'm supposed to be praying laying hands on the sick I know I'm supposed to be casting out demons I know I'm supposed to be discipling people and baptizing people but there's something stopping me from going ahead going ahead and applying that and my prayer tonight is Lord give us the fear of the Lord so we could walk in wisdom so that we could begin to apply what we're learning about begin to apply what we're preaching you know Jesus said a man that does doesn't apply the words that he preached that Jesus preached is like a man that built his house on the sand and we're seeing this right now Bill in America is that we're in a global storm we're in a massive storm and pastors have been calling me I was on the phone with the pastor today I was on the phone with the pastor the day before some of them have these large churches and they're saying Isaiah our people are crumbling they're not not only are they not coming back to church they're not watching the live streams they're not serving God any longer and one of the reasons is for years we've been building ministries we've been building churches people have been building on the sand because Jesus said if you hear my words but don't apply my words you're like a man that doesn't build on the rock and so when the storms come you know the, the house on the rock and the house on the sand are in the same neighborhood so nobody can tell the difference everybody looks Christian everybody acts Christian but then the storm the Bible says is what actually reveals who's been walking in wisdom and who hasn't been and so I think this message tonight is so relevant because people are realizing that they're not walking in the fear of the Lord that for years 
They've been taught about how to act in storms, but they've not been able to apply this in their life. And so this is something for me in my life, walking every day, praying, Lord, give me the fear of the Lord. I don't want to be, you know, Bill, just a preacher that preaches it, but doesn't live it. I don't want to preach, you know, God wants to heal the sick, but never lay hands on the sick. I don't want to preach God wants to do miracles, but never believe for miracles. I don't want to preach salvation, but myself not be saved. And Paul says, after all this preaching, I fear that I myself might be disqualified. This is the apostle Paul. And so so I think as preachers, I ask the Lord all the time, Bill, Lord, give me the fear of the Lord because I want to practice what I preach. I want to treat my wife right. I want to raise my girls right. I want to be a wise steward. I want to walk in holiness and integrity. I want to be at two in the morning in my office, living clean, having a pure heart and a clean hands and a clean mind. And so I'm really been praying this, Lord, help me to apply everything you're teaching me. And I think this is for everybody tonight. There's a thousand people watching. Every one of you need to pray this tonight. Lord, give me the fear of the Lord. This is the beginning of wisdom. Paul said that you've been believers for so long, by now you should be teaching other people. And in another place, he says, you're constantly learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. So I believe the fear of the Lord helps us realize that we need to actually walk out what we hear, that we're accountable for what we've heard preached. And so I believe that wisdom element is so crucial. Go ahead. You know, and if you don't fear the Lord, you will fear something else. Mm. And God doesn't want us to fear anything except for him. You know, and 1 John 4, 18 says, perfect love casts out fear. Well, God is perfect love and he dwells in us. So we should have no fear whatsoever of anything. And so many people today are walking in fear, even with this virus. You know, they're so afraid of it and we, we should not be afraid of it. No evil shall befall us all the days of our life. We shall not be visited with evil and so forth. But if you fear God, then you won't fear that. But if you don't have the fear of God, then you will be afraid of so many other things. Fear of heights, fear of getting on a plane, fear of driving on the freeway, fear of failure and so forth. Well, we shouldn't have any of those things as Christians. We should just so fear good. God. You know, and I just want to give one verse here. This kind of explains something because there's two kinds of fear. There's a fear that is to be afraid and there's a fear of reverence. Mm. And this one verse encompasses both in uh, Exodus 20, 20. When the people were standing afar off from God, they were afraid to come near to God. And Moses said, uh, said unto the people, fear not, for God is come to prove you and that this fear may be before your face that you sin not. Now he uses two words. He says, fear not, but come near so that you could fear. So it sounds controversial, but it's two different words. The one word fear is Yara and the other one is Yaira. And the first one means to dread, to be afraid. So if you stand off and stay back and away from God, you'll be afraid and you'll dread him. But if you come near to him and close to him, then you'll just reverence him and have uh, piety for him. You'll have a respect for almighty God. So that's what Moses was talking about. Don't stand off. Don't be away from God. Come near and see what he's like. And then you'll fear him. You'll reverence him and he will protect you because there's so many scriptures on protection and blessing and, and so forth that he gives us promises he gives us if we will walk in the fear of the Lord. But like you said, you know, so much of the church doesn't even teach it. They don't walk in it because they want to live more compromised. I think the world has crept into the church now to where they're embracing every kind of wicked thing, even in the church and, and downplaying scriptures. And they're not valuing what the truth says. They're going by their opinions, their feelings. This is what I feel. Even what with say with voting, you know, this is what I feel. Well, you don't have a right to feel. You have to vote according to the word of God. What does the word of God stand for? You know, and God is against abortion, for instance. He says he in Proverbs 6 that uh, it's an abomination to him to shed innocent blood. 
So we go by what the word says, not by our feelings. And that's what the fear of the Lord will instill in people when they understand, hey, I'm going to listen to the word. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to go by my feelings. I'm going to go by what God says. And that's what we need to be uh, taught. Um, And it might sound hard, but it's not actually at all. You know, but there is such a deception going on in the church. And I want to read you a couple of scriptures about deception uh, because so many are deceived with so many things today. Uh, Jeremiah 49, 16 says, you have been deceived by the fear you inspire in others and by your own pride. So pride brings about, uh, you know, uh, uh, deception and you have fear. Second uh, Timothy 3, 13 says, but evil people and imposters will flourish They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. So the people that are promoting deception, they themselves are deceived. And then Colossians 2, 4 says, I am telling you this so that no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. So we're hearing a lot of well-crafted arguments today, and uh, it's deceptive. You know, and when the apostles asked Jesus, what's going to be the signs of your coming? The first thing he said was, uh, be not deceived. And then we're seeing that today. And, and so forth. But if you walk in the fear of the Lord, you won't be deceived. You'll you'll grab a hold of the word and you think, no, no, this is what the word of God says. I'm doing what he says. So good. And, and so I was thinking about what you said earlier, Isaiah. I, I think it was Isaiah 33, 6, where it says the fear of the Lord is his treasure. And, you know, you think about this, the fear of the Lord is God's treasure, the Bible says. This is God's prized possession. And God right. shares this with his people. God gives this to people that he trusts. And you also talked about that. But this is a blessing. You know, you touched on this earlier. When we think about the fear of the Lord, We always don't talk about it because we say, oh, brother, and I've had people bring me out to preach and say, you know, at our church, we just preach positive things and we preach loving things and we preach things a blessing. So we don't really talk about hell. We don't really talk about fear. We don't talk about demons. We don't talk about deliverance. We don't talk about, you know, anything messy. And so we've created, as Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians, a different Jesus that's being preached, a different gospel, a different spirit that is being preached. And Paul told the church, Corinth, you guys are happy with it. You happily put up with it. It's a nice Jesus. You know, get your kids in a good program, get your family in a good outreach program, and no one's going to step on your toes. But people don't realize the fear of the Lord is a good thing. There's many blessings that are attached with walking in the fear of the Lord. And this is actually according to Isaiah 33, 6, this is God's treasure. I mean, you think about treasure, like you say, what's your prized possession? Like what is your most important, valuable treasure, something you hide, something that's valuable? And the Bible says his treasure is the fear of the Lord. And God gives this to people that he trusts. It's a blessing. So the fear of the Lord is not a negative thing, guys. All the pastors, there's, there's a lot of you pastors that watch our broadcast. This is something that God has called you to preach. There's over 100 verses on the fear of the Lord, and God is calling you to raise up your people to preach this message and to bring clarity to people because this is a blessing from God and if we don't walk in this if we don't preach this if we don't talk about this then we're losing out on major blessings and major things that God wants us to walk in and so God will give this to those tonight that will seek it, that will ask for it, that are serious about it. And some of you, listen, you're on here tonight because you're saying, Isaiah, I'm serious about getting the fear of the Lord. I'm serious about taking the Lord serious. I don't know about you guys, and I'm just going for it here, but I'm tired of being so casual about the things of God. Some of you need to get tired of treating your Netflix, your Instagram, your Facebook, your sports team with more reverence. Some of you have more honor towards your boss than you do the Holy Spirit. Some of you have more honor for your sports team than you have the things of God. Many of us have no problem, Bill, propping ourselves up on the couch for four to eight hours watching some sitcom, but we struggle for 30 minutes. And this is the reality. 
30 minutes in prayer we're struggling 20 minutes in the word of god we're struggling and this is a big part of this is we lack the fear of god this reverence and that our god is a holy god he told the prophets i'm unlike any other god i'm not like all your other idols i'm not like your football team i'm not like your boss i'm not like your job i'm not like your new car or your new promotion i am a holy god and we need this so and i feel the fear of the lord even talking about this but we need this back in the church so bad we need to blow this trumpet and just bring you know the true preaching of the gospel back because there is another gospel and you've traveled much longer than i have there's another gospel being preached that has preached away even hell i mean god has given you this really powerful life message i know you preach in many other things than just hell but you know there's people in the church now that are call themselves christians which i don't even think that's possible spirit filled but they preach that there is no hell any longer and so there's no hell so then what what would we fear then why do we be afraid we can live how we want as long as we just pray a prayer we can just kind of do whatever we want and so now it's just this loose flippant watch what you want pastors are going out watching demonic movies posting about it you know watching all these satanic things listening to satanic music and they're you know still pastors that's why i think we have this loose culture where these big name pastors cheat on their wives and then they get remarried in one year and they're back in the pulpit why is that it's the lack of the fear of the Lord. Why have we allowed Jezebel, Revelation says, to teach in our churches? It's a lack of the fear of the Lord. Why have we allowed compromised music and movies to enter the church where now pastors are getting their church to come watch these ungodly movies in the sanctuary? And we have we have no, no one even thinks like this is wrong on so many levels, but I think all of this stuff is pointing back. And I know some of you in the chat are starting to see all these connections of so many things are pointing back to the lack of the fear of the Lord in our in our generation right now. That's right. You know, Jeremiah 32, 40 says, I will put my fear in their heart that they will not depart from me. Wow. See, so the fear of the Lord keeps you from departing from God and keeps you away from sin. Because if you stay close to God, you're not going to want to sin. You're not going to want to tolerate sin in your life. You're going to hate every evil way, like David said. Psalms 119, 11 uh, says, I will put... Um, uh, Psalm 119.11 says, uh, oh, now I'm just, I'll, I'll get that in a minute. I just drew a blank right quick. But uh, the, por- the point is we have to get the fear of the Lord in us so that we can walk circumspect before God. You know, and if we don't have that healthy reverential fear of God, then we will live compromised and we'll find things that we don't like in the word. Like you said, with downplaying hell and with many other areas that has been a compromise uh, and in so many ways that we're seeing in uh, without the fear of the Lord. So it needs to be taught. Absolutely. And I think there's people in the chat, like, how do I know? And I'll just say this and I'm just being open and transparent, but people are, how do I know if I have the fear of the Lord? It's not, you know, it's not something where you get a badge or you get something and you can say, Oh, I have the fear of the Lord. This is guys, what we're talking about tonight is something supernatural. This is something the Holy spirit gives God's people. The Holy spirit instills inside of us. The Bible says the Holy spirit's the one that convicts the world of sin and of righteousness. And one of the ways I would say, Bill, and you can touch on this, um, is when you lose the fear of the Lord, you get a casualness of sin. You're no longer, sin is no longer a big deal. You're now casual about it. The pain of sin, I like to call it, is gone. And this is something that people are like, you're old school. We don't even talk about the pain of sin, but you know, the conviction and the wounding where you sin and you feel bad about it and you feel convicted and the guilt that's there. And now we even preach like guilt, you know, we don't need to be guilt. Well, no, listen, if you're in sin and you're walking in compromise, there is a holy guilt 
guilt. There is a godly guilt. God put guilt in you so that you can turn away from your sin. And when you don't walk in the fear of the Lord, and this is how we know whether we have it or not, you're, you, you easily sin. You sin with ease. You know, the Bible talks about one that practices or rehearses sin is a son of the devil. Well, what does it mean to rehearse something? It means to do it so much that you're actually good at it. And when you get good at sinning, you lose that Holy Spirit conviction. You can sin with ease. You no longer, it's no longer a struggle anymore. Like it's not a struggle to lie. It's not a struggle to gossip. It's not a, go ahead, you jump in here. No, I, you're, you're exactly right. Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So see, so many people we talk to that are struggling with sin that would they, we've met at churches. They'll go to church every week, but I've asked them and not one has ever said any different. They've said, I said, do you read the word daily? Not one has ever said yes. And like you said, that word have a hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word, the more word we get in our heart, the less we're going to want to sin. And we're going to grow to the point where we actually hate evil in every false way like David did. And that's the whole point of getting it in our heart. You know, and what does sin do? It does four things. The sin in our life. It deceives us. It hardens our heart against God. It hinders our faith so we don't have any confidence to pray. And it brings forth death. So those four things sin causes in our life. And if we stay with the fear of the Lord and walking in the word of God and reading his word daily, then we'll avoid these things and God can bless us. You know, and I just want to read another scripture. This is really a neat scripture. Uh, Deuteronomy 5.29, God says, Oh, that they were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep my commandments always, that it might go well with them and with their children forever. So see, God's saying, why don't you fear me? So I want to bless you. That's his heart is to bless us and our children forever. If we just walk in the fear of the Lord and keep his commandments. Jesus said in Luke 8, 21, my mother and brethren are those that hear the word of God and do it. We're supposed to be doers of the word. And so many say, yeah, oh, I'm a born again Christian, but they don't do the word. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, why do you call the Lord, Lord? And you do not do the things that command, you know? so forth you know and and can i take a minute and share yeah, a story yeah, with you yeah go absolutely board and so forth you know um a while ago i had uh tore my knee up i had, was doing squats and i ripped my knee up and it, uh, it it blew up and i had to have surgery on my knee anyway the surgery didn't take i was on crutches for six months it just didn't work the doctor said hey you're just gonna have to live with it i said no way i was only 29 years old on crutches for six months. Anyway, I just started going to a new church the week before because the church I was going to fell apart. Well, it was a Wednesday night and I normally go to church Wednesday night, but I was at my sister-in-law's and she says, Bill, let me make you a nice dinner, hang out with us. And it was a cold night. My knee really hurt, but I felt like, no, the Lord said, go to church and uh, which I like to go, but I had drugged myself up my leg hurting. I drove 45 minutes, went to church and I was going to tithe that night. So I was writing up my tithe. It was $2,000. And the Lord spoke to me and says, no, make it $10,000. I thought, whoa, okay. So I gave it joyfully, praise God. And uh, anyway, so then this is only my second time at this church. Nobody knew me. I'm sitting in the very back row. Well, during the preaching, the pastor stops and he says, I've got to pray for somebody here. And he points to me sitting in the very back and he goes, I got to pray for your knee. Now, he didn't know anything about this. It's God gave him a word of knowledge. So he came back, prayed for my, the correct knee, my left knee, which he didn't know. And I didn't feel anything. I left. I went home. I got up the next morning, totally pain-free. My knee all totally healed. Uh, and that was six months in pain. But here's the point. You see, Deuteronomy 14.23 says, tie that you may learn to fear the Lord. So if you tie, that shows you fear the Lord. And uh, Malachi 4.2 says, 
Those that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. So there's the tithe connected to the fear, connected to the healing. Now you can't earn a healing, but because I was just obedient to do God's worth, word, go to church, tithe like he said, then he blessed me with the healing of my knee that next day. So that's why, you know, if you learn to fear the Lord and do what he says, God will bless you for it. He's so faithful and good. You can't earn it, but he blesses you with his promises. So good. And, you know, I wanted to say to you guys, when you're t we're talking about the fear of the Lord, we're not talking about a natural fear like you're afraid of heights or even a demonic fear. One thing, Bill, I've learned just talking about the fear of the Lord and dealing with people, even in the chat, people asking questions, is you talk about the fear of the Lord and people start quoting verses out of context and say, well, the Bible says, for instance, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. And I want you guys to pay attention there because it says a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. But it's interesting because Timothy doesn't say for God has not given us fear he says God has not given us a spirit and then what he's talking about there is demonic fear he's talking about a demonic spirit of fear or timidity shyness a timidness that the enemy wants to give you because he's the accuser of the brethren but he says God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power of love and a sound mind so so he's not writing to Timothy talking about God has not given you fear don't fear God he's actually talking about a demonic fear in first John 4 18 it says there's no fear in love but perfect love cast out there we see another deliverance thing there but perfect love cast out fear because the Bible says fear involves torment so these are demonic fears and then there's also the fear of man which I want to talk about as well tonight Proverbs 29 25 says the fear of man brings a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe and so God says if you fear man you're going to be trapped you're going to be living in this trap and I believe tonight one of the things that the Lord wants to do in the broadcast is set people free from the fear of man guys you cannot fear God and man at the same time you need to choose tonight who am I going to fear when we're afraid of what people think or what they're going to say about us or what are they going to think about us that's the fear of man and God says you can't fear me and man at the same times and oftentimes what I found is that the fear of man will stop you from saying what God wants you to say whether that's at a grocery store whether that's behind a pulpit whether that's at your job whenever God gives you a word whether this is a word of knowledge a prophetic word or the Bible just says to minister to people so you don't even need a word we think this when we get this word what are they going to think about me if I share this think about this guys there's over there's 1100 of you watching I want you to think about this the last time you wanted to share the gospel what stopped you it was probably this what are they going to Gonna think if I share this what are they gonna think if I pray for them what are they gonna think if I tell them or try to pray deliverance or what are they gonna think if I tell them what God is trying to tell me or what are they gonna think if I baptize and we're so afraid and we're more worried about what people think than what God thinks and so the Bible's saying here clearly in Proverbs 29 25 the fear of man will trap you and you'll never do and some of you are stuck in a trap stuck not praying for people stuck not sharing your faith stuck not laying hands on the sick stuck not producing fruit and that's why Proverbs says you're in a you're in a trap. You're stuck and you're in a snare. But tonight God is saying, I want to break the fear of man off of you. And I'll just say from me personally, when I get up there, you know, in some of these large churches and God gives me a word, like I was at a very large church recently and the pastor said, will you preach on the lukewarm church? And so I'm in this large, large mega church and the pastor, thank God, asked me, I didn't have to, you know, but he said, will you preach on the lukewarm church? And so now I'm, I'm before thousands of people and I'm preaching on many of us in this room are lukewarm and the Bible says God wants to vomit us out and I broke down that whole verse, but I thought, man, if I had the fear of man, I would never be able to preach the way I preach. Some people say, how do you preach? 
preach so bold and how do you get up there and preach these strong messages? And for me, it's because I am more afraid and have more fear of God and what God thinks than what people thinks. When I lay my head on my pillow, whether I'm at a hotel or I'm at home or I just get off these broadcasts, I'm responsible on what did God tell me to do and did I do what God has called me to do? I mean, if you think about your message, God gave you a message literally to preach on hell. You know, we can't have the fear of man, what I'm trying to say, and the fear of God cannot coexist in you. You have to decide tonight. I am tired of being afraid of what everyone's going to think. I'm tired of being at the family reunion and my heart's racing because I want to share, but something keeps saying, what are they going to think about you? What are they going to think about you? That's the fear of man. And it's a snare. And God is the only one that can deliver you. And so I just speak over you tonight. God wants to break the fear of man off of you in Jesus name. God wants to give you a holy fear so that you're responsible and you do what he calls you to do and not what men call you to do. So I really think that's a big component to what we're talking about is really breaking out of the fear of man. Yes. You know, Isaiah, just one more verse that backs up what you just said. Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Wow. So we have, we have to do something. We have to cleanse ourselves. You know, David said, I choose the way of righteousness. I choose your way. So a person has to take it upon themselves and say, you know what? I don't want to live in sin any longer. I want to follow God and I want to walk in the fear of the Lord. I want his blessings on my life and I want God to, um, you know, be able to protect my family and so forth. Well, that's, that's a choice we all have to make. So and good. so what you're saying is so true. I mean, you know, and I just want to read, uh, if I can, can I read these yeah, things? This yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it. You know, uh, to stop sin, the sinning cycle, there's just really some basic things that we can do. Repent of our sin, number one. That's the biggest thing is to repent of our sin, ask God to forgive us. And, I, and number two, to choose, like David, like I just said, I have chosen the way of thy truth, Psalms 119.30. And then declare the word to be authority in your life. Not your feelings, but the word of God. You go by just what the word of God says. Declare that in your life. Number four, guard your heart. You know, Proverbs 4.23 says, uh, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. So guard your heart. What you see, what you watch, the movies you watch and so forth. You've got to stay away from all that kind of wickedness and evil because it'll enter in your heart and pollute your heart. And so that's so important. Uh, Number five, keep wise associations. You know, choose your friends carefully, who you associate, you know, and so forth. Um, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. And then uh, speak God's word over your life, not the circumstances, not your fears, not your doubts, but speak what the word of God has to say. And then also keep God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you can do those things, you know, then you'll you'll, uh, learn more about the fear of the Lord. You'll walk in the fear of the Lord. You'll be blessed in your life and so forth. But, you know, this really has to be preached because I think we've seen such a compromise in the word of God. And once you compromise in one area, then it goes down a slippery road and you start compromising in so many other areas. And and before you know it, you've got a Jesus you created in your own mind that doesn't exist in the Bible. Wow. And I think that's for everybody that's in church to look at the Jesus being preached. I often get, and I talked about it last week on my broadcast, like what are the signs of a false prophet? Some people think, you know, someone's going to come in with a trench coat and say, and start preaching false. But really a false prophet is somebody that preaches an easy gospel. Jesus said the way that leads to life is a difficult way. And so when people ask me, well, how do I know if I'm hearing or someone's preaching a false gospel? And I always ask them, Bill, is it easy? Is what they're preaching an easy gospel? Because Jesus said, if you're preaching an easy gospel, 
gospel. That's the false way. That's the false gospel. And we've made such an easy, easy, easy Jesus in America. All you have to do is just do this and pray this and come once a week for an hour. Give God 1% of your time. But we're missing out on that lifestyle, on living a lifestyle with the things of God. And even what you're saying about breaking these habitual patterns of sin. There's people right now that you're in the chat and you're saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm in the same cycle. And for many people, there's always one thing in their life that they're in a cycle whether it's lust whether it's anger whether it's um addiction there's always this one thing this besetting sin and i believe that the fear of god can break you out of that besetting sin can break you out of that trap and that site and that cycle and one of the properties i wanted to touch on for the fear of the lord is it's cleansing the bible says in psalms 19 9 that the fear of the lord is clean and it endures forever mm -hmm. so there's a cleaning power that comes from the fear that comes from the fear of the Lord. There's a cleaning power. There's a cleaning agent. There's a anointing that God releases on the fear of the Lord that breaks the defilement of sin. Guys, sin, as we're talking about tonight, it contaminates your spiritual life. The world we live in right now, 2020, November, whatever it is, is extremely contaminated. It's incredible, you know, in our generation, everyone's an activist now, Bill, in our generation, but everyone's all worried about pollution and global warming and, you know, contamination in your car. And even in California, I think it was in either 2025 or I believe it was 2035. Our governor just basically signed a law saying that by 2035, I believe there's no longer allowed to be any motor cars made. So only electric cars by 2035. And the reason being simple is pollution, right? We're worried about pollution. And I'm looking at our generation saying, what if our generation was worried more about spiritual pollution than about physical pollution? Because sin brings okay. upon contamination. Sin brings upon pollution. And right now in our generation, especially younger people, there's spiritual pollution everywhere. You turn on the TV, there's pollution. You turn on the internet, there's pollution. People say, well, why don't you have TikTok or this? Because every internet app I open is pollution. It's somebody half naked dancing or somebody half naked doing something. And so I don't want to allow that pollution to get in my life and to contaminate my spiritual life. Nowadays, really, and I'm not being legalistic here, but you can't go to the beach you can't go to the mall. You really can't go anywhere without sexual things be th being thrown at you. It's like the enemy has just vomited on our generation and their sexual sexualness and contamination everywhere. The things we read, the things we hear, the things that we at work. And we have, as a church, have gotten used to contamination. We've gotten used to pollution. We've gotten used to darkness. And But God is saying, I want to cleanse you with the fear of the Lord. Psalms 19.9, the fear of the Lord is clean. It's pure. It endures forever. There's no ending to the fear of the Lord. There's nobody in here that says, okay, I have the fear of the Lord. I'm done. I'm, I'm over it. No, the Bible says it endures forever. The fear of the Lord is infinite. It carries on. And tonight, God wants to clean you. He wants to wash you. He wants to break you out. As you were sharing that, Bill, I felt the Lord just saying, I just felt the Holy Spirit impressing on me that he wants to break sin cycles. Listen closely, guys. If you are in a sin cycle, if you feel trapped in that same sin, I hear this all the time. I just, it's just that one thing. Isaiah, I've gotten free from everything else, but there's that one thing. Tonight, God says, it's time to break that one thing. For you, it might be pornography. For you, it might be gossiping. For you, it might be anger. You say, man, I just can't deal with this anger, but God says, I want to set you free. If I set you free from other sins, the enemy wants to lie and try to tell you you're always going to be this way, but God says, no, it's time to get out of the trap and the snare. It's time to be cleansed because I believe tonight, Bill, God's going to set people free from these sin cycles. 
Yes, you're right. And you know, if that person will say with their own mouth, I sever this sin off my life. I renounce this sin. I will no longer be in pornography. I will no longer drink. I will no longer, whatever the case is, you have to say it with your own mouth. And because your words are so powerful and we get what we say, Mark eleven twenty three. So if that person can do that, break the thing off their life and then just commit to reading the word 15 minutes a day. Because like he said, the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. Do you get the more word you get in your heart, the less you're going to want to sin. And it's not in our strength. It's in God's strength. He gives us the grace or the ability to resist the sin. If we just trust in him and say, Lord, I'm willing, but you have to make the first move and be willing and choose to follow him and renounce that sin in your life. So good, Bill. I want to ask you about something. Now, this is something that I wanted to touch on because I, I hear a lot of people preach on the fear of the Lord. And I've heard people say, you know, the fear of the Lord has nothing to do with terror, has nothing to do with actual fear. But then I read the Bible and I see over and over again, when the Lord would show up, his presence would show up, people felt as if they were going to die. And the actual Greek oh. word for fear would be they were terrified or there was terror. So right. I want to I want to I want to look at a couple verses. First one I want to look at is Matthew 10, 28. And you know, this one, it says, and Jesus said, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. So Jesus says, don't fear the Roman legion who are torturing Christians, really what they were doing, putting them in Colosseums. He says, but rather, this is Jesus. So we're taking this not from Paul, not from, this is directly from Jesus. He says, but rather fear him, capital H, which is God, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So Jesus right here connects the fear of God with hell, but Jesus is not saying have reverence for God. That word actually means to be afraid of or to be terrified. And so I think we do need to preach some balance on this because too many people are saying we shouldn't be afraid of God. But I believe there should be a holy terror. There should be a real fear where you say this God has power to destroy the body and the soul in hell. And this is a message, you know, you know better than I think anyone right now alive is the message of hell. But there's a connection, Bill, I'm seeing here in scripture between fearing God and the power that God has on judgment day to destroy your body and soul in hell, in the lake of fire. So if you want to touch on even maybe that, because some people in chat are saying, well, I've heard, you know, I shouldn't actually fear God. It's just reverence. And I want to say it's not just reverence, guys. I'm going to set the record straight. There's another element to fear and it is it is terror. You know, David said in Psalms 119, 120, I greatly fear thy judgments. So he had a healthy fear of God and it was a terror because also in 2 Corinthians 5, 10 and 11, it says, Paul said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So he was talking about the actual fear of hell. That's why he was so persuasive with men to to witness to them so they wouldn't have to go to hell. But he's pointing out it's a terror. So you're right. It's a holy uh, terror of almighty God. And you see that all through the Old Testament and in the New, you know, Ananias and Sapphira. I mean, they just drop dead, you know. And so there is a reverence for God like, hey, man, that's I fear God. You know, and and having that, that's a respect for almighty God. And uh, so, yeah, that's very clear. I think that you're bringing out a good point that so many cover up and say, well, it's just reverence. No, it's a lot more than reverence. It's beyond reverence. And uh, so, but, you know, if we will walk in the fear of the Lord, then we already know that we understand that and we will walk in holiness and we'll want to avoid sin at all costs. Yeah, I think Absolutely. you I think you said it last time you were on is like if anybody can just get see hell for 3 seconds, 
their whole life would be changed. The way that they look at sin would change. The way that they look at the fear of God would change. And so I think if we get this glimpse of, and I think that's why I know I've heard people say, well, we shouldn't scare people or we shouldn't talk about hell because it scares. And then like you just said, 2 Corinthians 5.11, Paul says, Paul talks about judgment day and then says, because of judgment day, knowing this, the terror of the, what the, knowing this, therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And so Paul, and I pointed this out to people, he didn't say knowing the grace of God, I persuade people, he, which we know God's a God of grace. He didn't say knowing the love of God, but Paul said, if you want to know what motivates me to preach the passionate way I preach or to share the way I share or to lay my life down for the gospel, it's that the terror of the Lord, that God is the one that decides whether you go to heaven or hell. People think, and this is a big common misconception. I know people in the chat, listen guys, my name's on the stream. It's, it's our stream. We can say what we want. I'm not, you know, at your local church, but I want to say this. People think the devil throws people into hell and that's not scriptural. God is the one that decides and puts people into hell. There's coming a day where the devil is going to be chained according to revelation and the devil is not going to have any power to control hell. And so the one that throws people into hell, the Bible makes it very clear on that is the one that we reverence is the one that we fear. And so God is not just this flippant. I'll pray when I feel like it. I'll fast. If I feel like it, I'll do what I want. And then people say, well, I can just kind of live however I want and then God will forgive me. And you quoted the verse earlier, you know, the justice of God cannot be mocked. You will reap what you sow. And so if you're sowing bad seeds, you're going to reap judgment. God is not playing around about this. This is why we're pleading with you tonight. Why we're on here tonight is because we're pleading with you to take the judgment of God serious. Our God, the Bible says, what a terrifying thing in the book of Hebrews to fall into the hands of a living God. The Bible says if he didn't even spare the angels that sin, then what does that leave us? And the Bible goes on to say, if the righteous are barely saved, where does that leave the world and the sinner? So this is not, you know, go ahead, go for it. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. But you know, two scriptures that follow along what you just said, Jude 23 says, some are saved through fear, pulling them out of the fire. So some do get saved by fear. And then Mark 9, 43 through 47, Jesus said, if your hand or foot or eye offend thee, and he said, cut them off. It's better for you to enter into life maimed than in the hell fire where their worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. Now, he talked about digging out your own eye, actually physically digging it out if it's causing you to sin. That's pretty graphic. That's pretty severe move. But he's saying that would be better than entering in the hell fire. So yeah, these are scary verses. These are strong verses so that we can avoid hell. You know, Proverbs 16, 6 says, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. So it's that healthy fear of God again. But I think so many people live compromised and they don't realize too, besides a judgment coming on sin and going to hell, in this life here, you'll reap what you sow mm. if you live in sin. You know, the uh, Bible says envy rots your bones. So if you're envious, it'll rot your bones. If you're a gossiper, it'll go down to the innermost parts of your belly. You can have stomach problems. If you're an adulterer or have a, you know, a fornication, it said it'll strike your liver. If you're cruel, it'll trouble your own flesh. There's many of these verses. So when you read them, you go, man, I don't want to walk in. I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to be envious. I'm not going to tail bear. I'm not going to be a gossiper and all those different things that instructs us not to do. So, you know, we're not being, um, this is not performance. This is obedience mm. to the word of God. 
This is so good. I want to talk about a couple things that we touched on earlier and just touch on them is the benefits or the blessings because most people, they equate the fear of the Lord and they're like, oh man, it's just this abstract concept. But over and over, if you guys look up the fear of the Lord scriptures, you're going to see blessing after blessing after blessing. If you're lacking some of these blessings, it might be possible that you're lacking in the fear of the Lord. One thing I wanted to touch on that I haven't heard anyone share is Proverbs 19.23. It says the fear of the Lord leads to life and he who has it will abide in satisfaction he will not be visited with evil but I love what it says here he will abide in satisfaction so what it's saying here is you can live your life satisfied many people right now guys I've gotten stuck in this trap as a preacher as a minister of not being satisfied my wife always you know we joke because anything that I get into whether it's golf whether it's fishing whether it's bikes anything I get into Bill I always have to get the best of everything I have to okay I need to get the best brand this is my personality I got to go all out the best phone you know what iPhone is out I got to get the best one the best camera I have a hard time and she's like you just need to learn to be satisfied you need just need to learn and there's a lot of people in their life that are not satisfied but right here it says the fear of the lord leads to a satisfied life you can live your life being satisfied not always needing a new this or a new that or needing someone to love you or needing someone to care about you or needing a boyfriend or needing a girlfriend or needing to get married and we're always it seems like chasing that next satisfaction that next thing that next shiny object and the bible says if you have the fear of the lord you'll abide in satisfaction i'm going lord i need in my life in my everyday life to be satisfied with what you're doing because even people might look at the stream and i don't ever guys i don't ever want to be where these young ministers look at me and say how does he have thousands and i'll I'll never preach like him i'll never i don't ever want you guys to feel that way because what happens is you're always wanting to go to the next thing or be the next person and you'll never be satisfied there i'm telling you guys there's always that next level for every person the guy that has a million followers could have two million the guy that has five million the guy that has a billion dollars you look at like oh who's this guy that owns amazon he has billions i was thinking the other day bill how could this guy have billions of dollars still want to have more money and it's be right here he has no fear of god and so he doesn't have satisfaction so he's still jeff bezos there it is he's still chasing satisfaction and he has billions more money than countries but he's still not satisfied i've talked to celebrities i've talked to people in the ufc people that are sports athletes and they'll tell you some of the most miserable moments they ever had were when they won the super bowl because they realized it didn't satisfy them only right. god can satisfy and when you walk in that fair lord you'll live a satisfied life that's right psalms 34 9 there is no want to those that fear him mm. i mean no want. imagine a life with no wants well there you go walk in the fear of the lord but again like we said you have to seek after it you have to go after it like proverbs 2 says you have to dig after the scriptures and value them like david said i pant after your word you know, do you have a heart like that? Well, you, you can develop that by reading the word daily. You start falling in love with God. The more you read it each day, you go, wow, I didn't know God was like that. He is awesome. He's amazing. And you have a desire to want to keep reading. And the more you read, the more word you get in you, the less you want to sin, the more you want to be like Jesus. It just progresses. And then the more blessed your life becomes because of all his promises. You know, it's again, not that you're earning it. You're just being obedient to do the word. And so, it's so much fun. It's so much fun to live the way God instructs us to do. It's not a restriction. It's a blessing. It's not a burden. It's a delight to live for God. 
So good. And even like all these verses, like you talked about uh, Proverbs 10, 27, where it says the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the yeah. wicked are shortened or the fear of the Lord. There is strong confidence. His children will have a place of refuge. That's Proverbs 14, 26. I love this because I thought about the fear. It says this, the fear of the Lord is a strong confidence or God will give a strong confidence, but it says, and his children will have a place of refuge. So right here, it says, if you yeah. fear the Lord, God will actually bring protection over your kids. Now, I don't know if a lot of you guys have heard my story story bill you probably haven't heard the details of all the times i almost died but i i accidentally hung myself at 12 and angel pulled me off the rope i drowned as a kid i fell out of a car i almost fell out of the car again on the freeway i overdosed i got drugged under a tractor at 40 miles an hour for a mile down the road 100 should have been dead and angel saved me i mean i got guns pulled on me over and over and over again i could name i almost jumped off a balcony all these crazy stories of should have been dead just random freak accidents but then i was reading this just as last week and I realized that my, that because my parents, I had God-fearing parents, God actually gave me a place of refuge. God kept saving me, not because of my actions, but because of my parents fearing the Lord. And so I was reading this as last week, uh, that, you know, that his children have a place of refuge. I was saying, Lord, I fear you. So because I fear you, protect my children. Now there's people in the chat right now saying, my kids should have been dead. I had this crazy, I have family members that should have been dead, but their parents fear the Lord. And so this is another blessing and benefit that if you fear God, God says, I'll give your children a place of refuge, a place. And that word refuge is a shelter during the storm. God says, I'm going to shelter you. My dad's in the chat saying, preach. My mom's in the chat saying, preach. But you know, God really does shelter your kids. Even if you say my kids are in gangs, my kids are in drugs. It doesn't say if they're saved. It says, if you fear the Lord, there will be a place of refuge for your children. I feel the Holy Ghost on that right there. But I'm just telling you guys, God wants to bring this over you. And this is another blessing. And there's there's so many that we can we can't even talk all of them tonight but that's another blessing to the fear of the lord oh that's so good i mean god has had his hand on your life for sure that's amazing uh because of your parents praying it's amazing that you're you're alive and here you are god's blessing you know absolutely that's phenomenal you know uh, the, but the, just quickly to sum it up you know just having a reverence and a love for God and you just fall in love with him the more you get to know him. And so, you know, it's so important to live a life sold out to God, not compromised. You know, this halfway thing won't work. Come on. You know, you got to be fully committed to the things of God or you're going to go through the same trouble that the world goes through. If you want to walk in the blessings of God, then you've got to be 100% committed. That's the way it works. And so you do it that way, you do it God's way or you suffer the consequences. So good. So I want to pray. If you don't mind, we'll both pray over the chat because I really believe tonight, guys, God wants to give you the fear of the Lord. This is not something that we just pray one time and then we just, you know, you, you don't think about it again. This is something that we walk in. The Bible talks about that we walk in this all day long. And so I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to give us all the fear of the Lord, that we would walk in this every day, that we would live in this. If there's anything else you want to add before we pray, I really just believe that God wants to impart this on us. And there's going to be many blessings that we talked about in this video. Psalms 128.3, how joyful are those who fear the Lord. They will enjoy the fruit of their labor. There's financial blessing. It says that your wife will flourish like a fruitful grapevine. I mean, that's good right there. Your children will be vigorous like young olive branches. This is the Lord's blessing for those that fear him. So this is not the Lord's blessing for those that go to church. This is not the Lord's blessing for those that watch streams. This is the blessing for those that fear the Lord. This is the prerequisite 
to having these financial blessings, to having these blessings in our family, to walking in the way of the Lord is for those that fear the Lord. And so I believe that the Lord wants to release us. God wants to give it to us tonight. And I believe tonight's going to be a night of deliverance, of breakthrough, and really just walking in the fear of the Lord. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say before, you know, there's no rush or anything. Now, I just want to say this. I want to read this one more quote, and this is from uh, Matthew Henry's commentary. He's considered a great uh, commentary. Um, Anyway, on page 126, he said this, We must always have in our minds a reverence of God's majesty, a dread of his displeasure, and an obedient regard to his sovereign authority over us. This fear will quicken us to our duty and make us circumspect in our walk. Thus stand in awe and sin not. Wow. I thought that summed up the fear of the Lord really well. And, uh, you know, we all have something that God's called us to do. But if we walk in the fear of the Lord, uh, God will quicken us to do what, what he's given us to do. And um, I, I, like you said, uh, you'll live a blessed life if you walk in the fear of the Lord. But it, you have to make up your mind first. That's what you're going to do. I'm going to serve God. God will give you the grace and the ability to do just that. So guys, listen, I want you to, if this is you, you say, this is this was a word for me tonight. I want this. I want you just to type one in the chat because we're going to pray over you. I want to give one last verse when I was talking about walking in the fear of the Lord, just showing you guys, this is something you should be praying. I pray this. I wouldn't say every day because I do forget some days, but one of my main prayers has been Lord. And even as God will promote the ministry or God will open doors, since the beginning when God started opening doors for us, I always said, Lord, let me never lose the fear of the Lord. Let me never get swept up into the culture and into the status quo of the American church, but let me walk in the fear and proverbs 23 17 says do not do not let your heart envy sinners but be zealous for the fear of the lord all the day so he's saying don't idolize worldly people don't idolize celebrities don't idolize hard-working ceos sports players he says don't idolize them and then he says but walk in the fear of the lord all the day so every day this is not just one day this is all the days and that that literally translates to every day walk and practice the fear of the lord it's not a one-time thing. It's something God wants to release. So if you don't mind, Bill, I'll pray over them. And then I'll just, I'll let you uh, pray over them as well and end the prayer. And we're just going to pray guys that God would just stir some conviction in your heart, that the Holy Spirit would be released. Some of you that haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe tonight God wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And I'll just say this guys, I never had the fear of the Lord. I remember being growing up in church. I at about 16. I stopped going to church for several years before I got saved, became an atheist, quote unquote, atheist, whatever that means. And I didn't have the fear of the Lord. I didn't have no conviction. Every other word was the F word. I would do whatever I wanted. And I genuinely didn't have conviction. And I remember Bill getting filled with the Holy Spirit January 12, 2011. It was at Glen Berto's church the night I got saved. And I remember that from that moment till now, it's 10 years later, I can tell you now there's been such a conviction in my life. There's been such a fear of the Lord in my life. But it was all from that moment of, I could point it back to the moment I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was born again that night. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so guys, I believe that, that there's an element to being felt the Holy Spirit. There's an element to the Holy Spirit brings the conviction, empowers us to live in the fear of the Lord. So maybe you haven't been filled and maybe tonight's the night where God says, I want to fill you with my Holy Spirit. I want to baptize you. If you being evil know how to give good gifts, the Bible says, how much more does your heavenly father want to give? So he wants to give it to you. He's not, you don't have to beg. You don't have to, Lord, please. I've prayed for this a thousand times. I never got it. God says, come to me. And if you want it, I I want to give you this. If you ask for something good, he'll never give you something bad. He's a good father. And I believe he wants to give this to everyone tonight that wants it. And so I want to pray that for you guys and then I'll toss it over to Bill and then he can pray as well. But if you've never been baptized, 
I'm just going to pray, guys, that God would baptize you. We've gotten, and I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of messages of people saying, I've been in church 30 years, and I got baptized in the broadcast, speaking in tongues for the first time, and I've been praying for years. One lady said, I've been praying for 19 years for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and in one of your guys' live streams, at the end when you prayed, which this is the most important part of the whole broadcast, she said, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was speaking in tongues and God has changed my life. And so let's pray. Father, we just ask you, Lord, for your power and for your anointing to just be released over your people. Lord, we pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for those that are not baptized, for those that haven't been filled for years. We thank you, Lord, that it's not just a one-time filling, but you want to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Your word says that if you being evil know to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly Father want to give? So Father, we're not beggars, we're believers. And as your sons and daughters, we are asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit over every person listening, over everybody watching on the replay. You're not bound by time or space, Lord, and we ask you that you would pour out a fresh anointing, that you would pour out a fresh fire, that your power would be released in Jesus' name, that, Lord, you would baptize your people in power, that you would release a fresh oil, a fresh anointing, that your anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. And God, we thank you that you're bringing breakthrough, you're bringing deliverance, that you're breaking off these sin cycles off your people and you're just bringing the power of your Holy Spirit. You're bringing the anointing of your Holy Spirit. God, we just say, have your way tonight. This is all about you, Jesus. We give you the honor, the glory and praise. And we ask you right now, just fill your people. Those of you that want this, just put your hands out. Lord, we pray, baptize them in fire. John said, I come and baptize in water. One comes greater with the greater baptism. That's with the Holy Spirit and fire. So Lord, release your Holy Spirit, release your fire, release your anointing right now. We ask you in Jesus name, and I just want to say this. I feel, I just feel the Holy Spirit pressing this on me. Some of you right now are tired. Some of you right now are weary. You're wanting to give up. You today woke up this morning saying and said, Lord, I, I, I feel like the Lord saying this. You said, Lord, I don't know how much longer I can go on. I'm just getting tired and weary. But I hear the Lord saying, keep running. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you a fresh anointing. You've been discouraged. And I hear the Lord saying, some of you had an incredibly hard day and you just really limped into this broadcast. But God says, I'm going to take your, your soul sorrow. I'm going to turn it into joy. I'm going to take your mourning. I'm going to turn it into laughter. And I'm strengthening you, says the Lord. I'm giving you a new anointing. I'm giving you a new power. I'm giving you a new strength. I'm empowering right now your body. I'm empowering your muscles. I'm empowering your spirit. And so, Lord, I just ask over those that want to quit, I want to say to you, you, you've come too far to quit. You can't quit now. Do not throw in the towel. God wants to strengthen you. You will make it through. Whatever it is you're going through, the Lord says you will make it through. So just, Lord, just release your power of the Holy Spirit and just touch your people. And then, and then Bill, if you would, you can pray whatever, Bill, but I would love you just to pray that fear of the Lord would just be activated um, just in our lives. Yes. Father, we just ask that your word would penetrate into the hearts of the people. Lord, that uh, that your truth would become known to them, that how much you love them and how much you have a plan for their lives, Lord, but that how important it is to serve you and to uh, get the word into their heart, Lord, so they will not sin against you, Father, that that fear would enter into them, Father, that holy reverence and awe for Almighty God, that you are Almighty God, that you are a God of love, but you're also a God of justice and judgment, Lord. Let them see the truth. Let them uh, arise in their hearts, Lord, with a joy. Let that joy flood them, Lord, and that your word would fill their minds, Father. They would have a peace uh, about you, Lord, and, uh, and, and recognize, Lord, how much you care for them, how much you have for them, the plan you have for them, that you can help them out of every situation, no matter what they're in, no matter what they're struggling with, that you are there for them. Lord, you will help them out. It would be your grace not in their strength, Lord, but I just thank you, Father, for uh, the fear of the Lord 
entering into these people, Lord, and that they will serve you with all their hearts, no compromise whatsoever. And we just give you praise for it, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I just feel the anointing, the Holy Spirit moving. And you know, a lot of the stuff that Bill talked about tonight, guys, is also in his book. I want him just to share a little bit, if you don't mind, just on your book and where they can find it, because, you know, it goes on to more detail if you're interested on the fear of the Lord, the consequence of sin. And some of these things, you know, Bill, I know God has raised you up. I'm not, you know, you don't need any validation, but God has really raised you up to be a trumpet and to preach some of these things that people are straying away from that we desperately need back in the body of Christ. So maybe just share a tad bit on the book and then where they can find it as well yeah our website 23 minutes in hell.org but we have six different books but one of them is called recession proof living and i'm not here to sell books i don't really care about that I, but it's a tool that will really help christians you know it's 50 years of my life serving god that god taught me of uh, i share 34 true stories about what I actually went through how I applied the word of God and how I got out of the situation, how I became successful, how I was protected, how I prospered, how I uh, overcame sicknesses and, and different things in my life. And so I share all these uh, stories and a lot about the fear of the Lord. Lot, we just touched on a little bit tonight, but there's so many stories that will help you. You'll identify with the stories and how to apply the word of God. So it's a book that embraces biblical pr uh, principles in order to develop godly character. That's mm. what the book is about. And so it's so important for us to get that in our hearts. And I think those stories really help and will, will help you and greatly benefit you. So awesome. 23minutes.org. Awesome. And you know, you know, Isaiah, I was just saying, thinking, you know, since the, you know, Jesus said his word is truth. And, and truth is so hidden today, and there's so many lies out there and deception. It's overwhelming what's going on with the media and so forth. But if we would stay in the word, then we would learn what truth is. But, you know, truth is, is uh, hidden today. Uh, you know, Winston Churchill said that truth is so valued that it's guarded by an army of lies. And I believe that's true, you know, so we have to seek after truth and it's the word of God. It's not our opinion and it's all through the word. So uh, I just encourage people to study the word diligently, get it in your heart, and then you won't be swayed by the evil. You won't be deceived. You'll walk the straight walk and you'll please God. So good. And that book again was Recession Proof Living. Is that right? Someone was asking the name of it. That's right. Awesome. Recession proof living. And guys, I would strongly advise you, please. I know he's not going to ask you to do this, but I'm the host. I can do this. Please make sure that you follow him tonight on his pages because this is where he's posting content, his new um, content coming out. He's posting about it. He's sharing blog posts. I read all I read all your stuff, by the way, all your posts, your YouTube, everything. So get on this, guys, because God is really doing something new right now in our generation and you don't want to miss out. If there's anything else that you wanted to say before we get you off here or anywhere else you want to send them, just feel free. No, that's good. Like I said, the 23minutesinhell.org or soulchoiceministries.org. And awesome. so, but, you know, I still appreciate being on your show because you can read so many people this way. And, uh, you know, it's just such a delight to share the truth of God's word with people. It's so much fun to serve God. There's nobody better than to turn your life over to commit to him. Your life will be blessed. You'll be so, it's the wisest thing you could ever do is to serve God, commit with your whole heart.
Awesome. Well, Bill, I'll say this. I would love to have you back on again, and I'm going to put you on blast with everyone. There's a thousand people watching, so we definitely have to get you back on in the future. And I just want to say, me and my wife, we love you. We honor you. We appreciate you and your wife. You guys have been a tremendous blessing to us. Even before we met, I've been following you for years. I was in your meetings when I first got saved. I've read your book. I've given your book to everyone. And I just, I really do appreciate you guys. Oh, I so appreciate you and your ministry. We love you and thank you for what you're doing, really. And an honor to be on your show. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. All right. God bless. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.